Welcome to the Qualitalks Podcast, a show about pharma and GMP. The pharmaceutical industry is a fascinating and complex field, and it takes countless people to bring a product to the market. In this podcast, we bring you some of the industry's brightest minds who will share their wisdom with you. You will learn about various subjects such as GMP, new trends in pharma, and leadership. This episode is sponsored by Dot Compliance, the industry's first ready-to-use quality management solution powered by the Salesforce platform. Deploying a new EQMS has never been quicker or more cost-effective. And now, please welcome your host, Jan Kugel. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of the Qualitox podcast. I'm Ian Kugel, your host and director at Qualistry, and our topic today is networking and personal branding for pharma professionals and service providers in the age of digitalization. Today, my guest is Rizgar Saltik, a partner and consultant at Sanchel, a digital marketing agency that provides online marketing solutions for companies operating in life sciences and health. Rizgar will explain how to use LinkedIn to grow a powerful network. You will also learn how to build a personal brand and utilize your connections and influence on LinkedIn to grow your career or business. So let's get to it. Rizgar. Welcome to the Qualitox podcast. Uh, really cool talking to you. And we have a quite interesting topic today, which is uh, quite different from what I usually talk about. Yeah. And uh, the topic is marketing and uh, branding, self-branding, personal branding for pharma providers and mm-hmm. uh, service providers, consultants and uh, a small companies. So it's uh, quite uh, interesting. And this is something that uh, you are right now doing for your living, you're helping uh, companies, also bigger yeah. companies, also pharmaceutical companies uh, to get uh, heard, right? So uh, what is yeah, your exactly. experience in the field? So my experience basically is digital marketing. So marketing is very broad. What my company, what my team does is uh, digital marketing. So really content creation uh, and advertising online. Online is the keyword nowadays, I, I think, and because everything is switching online. So why, what do you think has changed? Has, uh, has much changed since the corona or you don't feel much of a change in this uh, realm of uh, digital marketing? Oh, definitely. Definitely it changed a lot. I think that, um, you know, looking at marketing in the life sciences field, in the pharma field, there was already a trend where they were moving more towards online. Yeah, definitely the COVID crisis has accelerated that because at some point we were all at home and, you know, companies needed to reach their potential clients and their partners. So, yeah, I think definitely a lot of companies uh, shifted more towards digital marketing uh, in that period. Do you think it's also will stay like this or we will see a setback as soon as uh, the corona crisis is over? Or have you got used to it? Yeah, no, I think people will get used to it. I mean, did people go back, you know, in the past 10 years? I think since all these platforms emerged that we are using to drive our business, so let's take LinkedIn, you know, it's it, it exists more for uh, for more than a decade. So in that time, people started using it. And I don't think you see people using it less, right? I think people are even starting to use it more. Same happened for Corona. People and companies that weren't using uh, digital marketing tools have been using it. And for everyone, the results are great. I'm not saying that, you know, it's the best type of marketing and you should stop going to events. I think it's always a combination of both. But no, I don't think people will uh, will use it less in uh, the next period. So from my personal perspective, I already forgot was, what Facebook is, because since I um, started using LinkedIn, I find it much more intriguing and interesting because sometimes you had enough of kitten videos and you want to have a conversation on a different level f- uh, with professionals who care about uh, the same goals and have the same vision and, and so on. So I think uh, LinkedIn is a really powerful tool and I think many people are starting to change uh, change the way they're using it and they change uh, their habits with it because I think Facebook people use like five days per day and LinkedIn was like two or three times a week but now I yeah. think it's, it's changing right yeah now you see that LinkedIn is being used 70 minutes per day so people are using it more on a daily basis there are more users so I think it's similar to the trend on on Facebook so Facebook went really fast and people started using it to communicate. LinkedIn is less used for kitten videos, more for 
communication with other professionals, looking for jobs, for opportunities, getting inspired. But yeah, also that is increasing. I would like also to split our conversation to several sections of networking, personal branding and marketing, because they're a bit different, but they all correlate in some way, but you can use them also independently. So I would like to start with networking. So this is the basic and this is something that everybody can use. Also people who are just seeking jobs, but the same, it can be used for expanding your network, your professional network for pharmaceutical consultants or the people who are service providers and also small companies that also want to have a better reach to people that otherwise they couldn't. So either for lead generation or just, uh, you know, to have a conversation about uh, the topic. So what tools do we have and how to use them in the best way? Yeah, I always start to like to start with LinkedIn because it's the most used platform. It's where the most professionals are active. So I think it would make sense to definitely focus on that one. Yeah, so what is networking, right? If we just look at it from another perspective. So how did we network before LinkedIn? You would go to an event or you would maybe call someone or send an email or a letter. You know, you approach that person because yeah, you want to get engaged. Maybe uh, you want to do business with that person. Maybe you have something to offer. Maybe you want something that you can learn from them or teach them. I think in LinkedIn, it's, it's similar, right? So what you do is you find connections that are sometimes out of your network and you ask them to connect. What I see that works really good is instead of just connecting without saying anything, what a lot of people do is really to type a personalized message and explain just in one sentence who you are and why you would like to connect. So for example, you can say that you work in the same field, you were interested about a certain article that that person has published and you would like to get in touch. So then you're in each other's virtual network. Of course, that's yeah less personal, let's say. It's a bit different from going to an event and actually approaching someone. But again, in similar way, you can send someone a message. What I see a lot is LinkedIn really being used for business, as in people have something to offer and they contact that other person. But people forget that you can also just use it for networking. Say, look, we work in the same field. I see that you work on this topic. Me too. Maybe we should just have a coffee for 10 minutes. I think it will become more normal now that people are using more LinkedIn. You see that people are more comfortable also doing these type of things. Another type of networking is yeah, engaging with each other's posts. So people share their experiences and they share their milestones on LinkedIn, right? Because if you reach a certain product development milestone or your company is expanding or you open a new office in a different country, you share this on LinkedIn. So what people do more and more is also react to that. They say, oh, that's great. We're also moving towards Germany. Or, yeah, I really like this new step and I hope, you know, you'll get your product launch as soon as possible. So that's, again, reacting to each other and commenting on each other's posts. But it's also a start of networking because what we also see is when people do that, other people join the conversation and if they think, you know, the type of reactions you give are interesting to them, they might also add you. So those two really, let's say, cold approach, adding someone on LinkedIn and connecting with them, but also engaging with them by looking at interesting posts on your feed. And a third interesting way to network is also LinkedIn groups. It's a similar trend as on Facebook, right? You saw a lot of groups emerging and those groups, yeah, it's about a certain topic or an interest. And now, for example, you see in the, in the biotechnology field, in the pharma field, also young pharma professionals group or a professionals group for people who are interested in pharma in the Netherlands or in Europe. So you have them in different ways. It doesn't really matter, but you can join those groups and really post something, introduce yourself and say what you're looking for and maybe ask if anyone is interested to have a coffee with you. To summarize what you say, you should try to connect with people, to network with them, but try to take it to another level. You know, just uh, don't just uh, connect with them and forget about it. So try to take it in uh, to a more personal level if you think it fits. Yeah. Right. So this is uh, the main um, goal uh, at the end. So LinkedIn, it's not a policy, but uh, they encourage you not to connect with people who you don't know. Yeah. Right. And recently they even. Uh, limited the amount of people with whom you can connect per week. So what is your take on it? Do you think it's a smart approach and sh should people only connect with whom they know personally or yeah. should they still 
make the rich uh, longer and they try still to connect people who they don't know but build real relationships no that's a good question look i'm very happy that they set up that limit of 100 people per month that you can add because people were massively adding each other and you know i understand linkedin it decreases the quality of their platform because people can send out mass uh, messages so now people have to really look at who they want to connect with the other question you're asking what i think about linkedin's take on um yeah, really connecting with who you know, what, what is knowing each other, right? I, I don't think what they mean is that you really have to have met in the past. I think if you're working in a similar industry, you know, heard of each other, or for example, you see that uh, that person works with an old colleague of yours, you know, there are different ways to know each other and to be in each other's network. I think that's already a good starting point and to being able to add a person like that. I think that it's really important. I must back you up with that because during this uh, COVID year, I met so many people virtually and we had uh, a lot of virtual uh, coffees together, such uh, as with yourself and with uh, many other great professionals around uh, the world. And I think it is an amazing platform and people should reach out to each other, but yeah. they also should do it in such a way that is not uh, spamful. Right. Exactly. And uh, it, it should make sense. And another thing that I want to back up what you said is that people should try to engage more because uh, I think there are a lot of people that uh, don't engage with the post. So they are in the background. So my personal view on that is that uh, you need to think what are you doing in this professional network? And uh, if you want to get noticed you should engage with content because our community is small at the end. You know, it's, it's a pharma community is a niche. And at the end, many people or many people who share posts and engage with posts are, they know each other. And at the end, if you react with the posts, you get also noticed also on a professional level, even if you just uh, work in a company or, uh, but especially if you're a service provider in some way, you should engage with people post by comments and, and likes. And, and I also think to add something to that, it's, it's indeed a great point. When you want to connect with someone that you might not know directly, but as I mentioned that you know them through a colleague or through the industry, you know, it's also about giving value. It's not about adding someone, connecting with someone on LinkedIn and, and expecting that they will give you a job or they will do business with you. You really have to give value. And what you said about engaging, I think that's also about, you know, that's value because you give your opinion about something, you show the appreciation of someone posting something, maybe you can share your insights under that certain post that is related to that. So definitely who, whoever wants to be successful on LinkedIn, I think they should also take into account how can I give to that person that I want to reach, that I want to connect with before I ask something. Exactly. No, this is 100%. So from my personal experience i get a lot of messages from uh, people and some of the people i know because even if not person even if we are not yet connected i see that they're engaged engaging with my post they like my post i see them and i acknowledge them i know who they are yeah. and then i get a message from them and then they ask me some questions or some guidance or some advice and i'm happy to help because i know okay you are in some way, you're a friend of mine because you yes. know me, because we know each other, we have some kind of relationship, you know? You're building a community, right? That person is now part of your community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then sometimes I get messages from people who I never heard of and the message is simple. Please mentor me or help me with that. You know, this is not the way um, to do it. I think yeah. um, you can especially agree on that. So it doesn't matter what you do. It's better to grow as a community, you know, because um, on LinkedIn and on average, when you have 2% engagement on your post, it's already considered good from the, uh, the percentage uh, that uh, you see it. And I think in our uh, business of the farm, I think it's even lower because I see, I follow different groups also in marketing, etc. So I see how different types of people from different uh, communities engage. And I think yeah. in farm, it's still not there and people can do more Definitely. Engage. This is a very interesting point you, you, you name because I have a life sciences background, you know, I, I studied neurobiology, science and business management, worked as a consultant. So really everything I did in the past 10 years was within uh, the life science industry. Yeah, one of our partners at the company, 
who was the original founder, he's from marketing. And indeed, we noticed the, the cultural clash, let's call it that's maybe too extreme, but yeah, you know, types of engagement or behavior on LinkedIn uh, for him was a bit too much, uh, the pharma field. So we really had to find a way how we can step-by-step step show also our community how to engage more on LinkedIn without them, of course, feeling uncomfortable because it's a, it's a process. Exactly. It's a process. And um, I think some people, are, especially in our community, are reserved for some uh, reason, and, but they need maybe to feel a bit more free to engage into conversation. To Why do you think that is? From one side, I think that maybe some people don't want to say something wrong, maybe, yeah. and get accused of uh, saying something that is wrong. Maybe they're a bit uh, shy on the technology side yeah. of things. Yeah. Maybe they still don't also understand the importance of uh, being heard, especially if uh, they want uh, to boost their careers and so on and so on. So what is your tip here? How should people overcome this fear of talking or, or uh, commenting and uh, engaging with posts? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think step one is just being on the platform, right? Starting to understand it. So you mentioned there are people on the background. I think being on the get background is a good step. So you download the app, you have it on your mobile. And, you know, whenever you have five minutes, just see whoever is saying something. And the great thing is you're already connected with people you already know. Those are colleagues. Uh, those are friends. You can start with them by congratulating them with reaching certain milestones or asking them questions. So definitely start start with really the people that you feel comfortable with and then just testing things out, you know, liking posts of people you find interesting. Maybe at some point see if you can comment on that just step by step. But really, you know, taking, let's say, 10 minutes per day and then for a period of one month. And I'm sure that in one month, you know, it's also very uh, yeah, user friendly. It's intuitive. I think if you do it for 10 minutes every day, one month, then you'll get used to the platform and you'll be less shy. Exactly. And I must say that uh, I really love our pharma community. Although they are shy in comparison to other communities, I must say that they are more helpful. So let's say I've been active on LinkedIn, posting videos and posting po uh, different posts and articles so on for about two years now. Um, yep. Two years where I'm highly active. And I must say that there are no trolls or people who just uh, jump and uh, they want uh, to insult you in such a ways, which is uh, really vivid in uh, many other communities. The internet is a dangerous place, right? <laughs> exactly. So. so this is, I think, something that many are afraid of. You know, I put a post and somebody will insult me or laugh about me. Uh, so there is, uh, so for me, posting my first video was really scary. Yeah, you know? And because you're, okay, thousands of people will see it. Oh my God, they will laugh about me. They will insult me. But the amazing thing about our community is it's really respective. Uh, it respect, they, they respect each other. Yeah, And uh, there is nothing to be afraid of. So at the end, in the worst case scenario, nobody will react to your post or like it, but nobody will insult you, which could be if you go uh, post something or a, on a gaming forum, right? No, I fully agree. Yeah, I mean, definitely pharma, biotech, you know, that whole field, it's, it's very polite and people tend to be, I don't want to say shy, people are not shy, but I think you, you mentioned something good. Maybe people tend to be more wrong because in this industry, being wrong has a large impact. If you're wrong about, you know, your academic conclusions or your research method or certain strategies in very expensive product development phases, being wrong, it's very dangerous here uh, exactly. compared to other industries. Pharma is the most riskiest industry there is, high risk of failure. So I think it makes sense, definitely. But as you mentioned, just being out there and being more open and active, it won't harm you. It doesn't even harm any other uh, people in other industries on LinkedIn, right? And in general, people tend to be polite there. In our industry, as you mentioned, people are extra polite to each other. So also for, for those who are maybe a bit scared to, yeah, maybe if, if we move towards, uh, let's say, independent consultants or small businesses, if they're taking the first steps on LinkedIn and they want to post 
content, they should just do it and not be scared indeed. Because yeah, people will either like or not like your content. It's not that uh, anything will happen, right? It's it's a learning process for everyone. Exactly. So at the end, everything you post serves as a test for your methods. So basically, either you fail and you try to understand why it failed yes. and then you try to improve. So there is a lot of uh, science behind uh, doing uh, things on LinkedIn. So we will probably get to it also. Yes. But I think you're right that people are, most of the thing people are afraid to post because they don't want to be wrong about something. But I also think an issue could also be that people don't want to reveal things, how they're done at their companies, for example. Yeah. Or being uh, blamed about... Uh, revealing something that uh, should have been because uh, not many people will go around and say, oh, you know, our quality system is not uh, that good because they, they, just, they just don't want to voice it. So maybe this is one of the things why people are reserved. And yeah. So maybe before we close this section of mm -hmm. uh, networking, maybe you can give us some clues, some tips about uh, things that people usually do wrong yeah no that's a good one so i already mentioned one if you want to connect with someone that you don't know yet uh, really use a personalized message be respectful explain why you are contacting that person and also you know don't expect things happening too fast really give value first you know maybe you can help that person maybe you can offer a, a free call where you you know give a free assessment but definitely don't push people. I think that's a, that's a large mistake. Yeah, really, it's not about mass. It's also about quality. So I think also in the age of followers and connections, people may be focused on how many people you know, but I think quality is also important. You know, rather connect with 10 people you think are very valuable to you and you can also provide value than uh, doing this on mass. Yeah, I think those, those are some uh, important things. Thank you for uh, those tips. So I think that's uh, absolutely uh, correct. And I think uh, now we can go to the next step, uh, which is uh, personal branding. And I think personal branding is the next step of networking, which is not only actively approaching people, it is uh, basically being noticed in order to allow people to approach you in, in some way. And this is a higher level of uh, networking, right? And uh, of course, people should first try and learn the system and understand how to network currently and then go to the next stage, which, which is the personal branding. So what is personal branding and why it is so important nowadays? Yeah, everyone is basically already doing personal branding when they're on LinkedIn, right? Because your your name is viewed and you have an avatar with your uh, with your uh, photo. So that's that's your brand, that's who you are. Yeah, why is personal branding important? You know, if you want to have a larger network, if you want to have better career opportunities, if you want to build your business, it's good if people know you. And if people know that, uh, you know, what you've studied and what type of projects you work on, Let's say you've been sharing a lot of insights on a certain project or, you know, engaging more with people in, in that certain area. At a later stage, when people think of a certain topic, let's say they're looking for someone who has a preclinical uh, expert, uh, development expertise in the area of oncology, they might think, hey, I know someone who's very engaged on this topic. So that's personal branding. Who should uh, really consider working on it, really developing it? I think everyone in the professional space, not at the same level, you know, if you're satisfied with your job and you're happy being on the background, that's fine. If you're really looking for other career opportunities or you want to grow or um, you want to, you know, become an entrepreneur or network, then definitely a personal branding is, is important. And, you know, LinkedIn is just very effective. You can send out CVs, you can uh, go to event, events, but, you know, on LinkedIn, it's so effective to build your brand that, yeah, it's a great opportunity. So how do you start? So where you start is definitely starting by updating your profile, making sure your profile looks good, it looks complete, you know, giving some descriptions per job that you had in the past. What did you do? What was your role? What did you learn out of it? I think that's a good start. And the other thing is, if you want to establish thought leadership in certain areas, you can also... Um, comment on certain posts in that area. Maybe there's a post about a certain new technology or an article. 
than just share your insights, right? Because other people, when they scroll through their feed, they will see what things you have to say. And that's, that's a good start for starting your personal branding. Our customers set high expectations for their teams and need to be sure they perform to these expectations. Many companies struggle to find time to train their employees and often delegate this responsibility to a department that has not got the expertise to master the subject matter. As a result, they burden their team with the conventional training material, which can be so dull that they shut down. We invest time into helping our customers become GMP compliant in a fast and efficient manner to make sure their teams perform to the highest standards. We specialize in creating engaging training that will make your employees confident and motivated in using their new learned skills at the workplace. Visit us at www.qualistory.com or contact us at service at qualistory.com for more information. So we've said at the beginning how important it is to engage with posts. And now we come to the second part, why it's important. So first of all, it supports the creator. So let's say you like the post. Somebody posted something, you follow this person, you liked it like personally. So first of all, engaging with it, you give this creator support and a good feeling inside. Okay, and now he knows, okay, somebody is interested. I will post more of those. Because first of all, if you won't do it, probably this person won't uh, share anything. Because he'll say, okay, nobody cares. And then you will lose on great content that maybe somebody uh, was sharing uh, continuously and no more because you didn't react to it. And the second thing, as you said, when you react on the posts, other people see it. Not the person who posted, but additional people see it because they scroll through it. And then they also go to your LinkedIn profile to to understand who you are. And this is one of the most important part because this is a way for you also to grow your network and also to get uh, known because it can be a potential hiring manager that maybe in the future will look for yep. somebody with your uh, knowledge or it can yep. be a potential client. Exactly, exactly. Well said, yeah. What would be the next step? So the first and the easiest part is just react to, yep. uh, to the post. So what would be the next step? The next step is posting your own content. And that can be anything that can be, uh, you know, sharing articles that you found interesting about something that is happening in your field, a trend, or maybe resharing activities at companies that you think are important. So that definitely. And then, yeah, if you go even further, really sharing, you know, content about you. So who are you? Maybe you can, you know, share a photo of you in your company where you tell a story about how you came there, or you can share a video about that story. So that would be... uh, that would be the next step. So those ones are tricky, right? So yeah. there is the fine balance, right? Between interesting content and uh, there is this hashtag, selfless self-promotion, right? Yeah. So nobody likes posts that are pure sales speeches or even if it's about yourself. So I've been also testing a lot of content on LinkedIn just for interest to see what works, what doesn't. And it's uh, really simple. Uh, people just uh, want, don't want to see ads. It's just as simple, right? Yeah. So just posting something boring won't get you anything anywhere, right? So, so you said something really important, you know, tell a story. Exactly. How do you do it? Can you give an example of something simple that one can also attach a meaningful story to it? Of course. I mean, you know, everyone has a project that they're working on, they're proud of. Share some some things about that project, what you did. You know, maybe you're working on a project that will help a lot of patients in a certain disease area. You can explain why it's important to you. That can be a story. You can tell a story about how you ended up at that company or, you know, how you grew as a professional, maybe also giving value to people who are a bit younger than you. So yeah, there there are a lot of things that you can uh, write a story about. I think it's important to really look at what am I interested in? What am I proud of? And, you know, what am I willing to share with others? So this is basically can be also insights from your your day. So I think uh, 
One can also use tools like LinkedIn as a personal diary of achievement or, as you said, thought leadership, right? So you, yeah. had, you had your day, you have some insight about the leadership, about your project, yeah. about the industry. So the best thing to do is write it down and later, directly or later, just uh, post it in LinkedIn. And I think uh, people would really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you'll you'll see likes, you'll see people reacting to it. I think maybe even one of the most easiest things to do is just go to the nearest event that you have, or once you're at an event, take a picture, say that you're there, that you're looking forward to meet new people. Maybe you can already tag some people that you know you know you're gonna meet there, and you'll see that people will start engaging. Exactly. And uh, nowadays, uh, so nowadays, quite a long time now, LinkedIn also has a blog option, so articles. So people yeah. are also experimenting with it. So you can either have your own website, you can do it directly on LinkedIn. So you can share longer articles there and yeah. it works quite uh, fine, right? Yeah, everyone has the opportunity to share articles. Also, that's used for two goals. One is, again, personal branding and the other one is thought leadership. And again, yeah, you can blog about those stories. So it would be more of an, uh, uh, a bigger version of your post. Or if a certain topic interests you and you want to write about it, maybe explain what you think about certain trends, then that can help you establish thought leadership. And I would advise because it can take a lot of time and maybe, you know, people don't have to overcomplicate it. Really go to the subjects that you feel comfortable with. Even if you think that another topic is maybe more interesting, I think it's really important to choose something that that's, you know, more related to your field of interest and then do that once per month and you'll see that two two hours of writing per month will produce one nice article and yeah that's also definitely a big boost for uh, personal branding exactly so one can uh, make a diary and then uh, later post some short stories uh, every couple of days so from your perspective how often should the person uh, post on linkedin i would say two to four times a week and then see, you know, if four times you feel like people maybe are not reacting anymore, then you can go back to two. Or maybe if you're doing two posts per week and you see a lot of people engaging, then you can scale it up. But I think, you know, between two and four, that those are good numbers for personal branding. Okay. And how does personal branding connect with small service providers in pharma? Is there a correlation here? How would it work? Correlation, yeah. I think definitely relationship, to keep it safe. Correlation, not sure, but uh, there's definitely a relationship. Why? Because, you know, you can promote your business to someone or to a whole field or your target audience, but there needs to be trust. And there's no better way to build trust than doing it through your personal profile. So at the end, people want to do business with people. So at the end, we exactly. are... Not names, it's not uh, the company name, you know, that you're doing business with, you do it with a person. You mentioned small businesses. So if you're a small business, you're starting out, people don't know your brand. You're not like, you're not like Pfizer, you're a, you're a small business. And that's fine, but it means that you need to get the most out of your own personal branding and really focus on that. Because in the end, the people won't choose you for your company, but for who you are and the fact that they trust you. As you said, it works also if you're part of a small company. So should it be only the owner of the company, the CEO of the company, or, or should also the other employees be encouraged to create some unified brand around themselves to yes, also definitely. bring trust to the You know, it's a win-win because those employees will also expand their network, get more reached, get better known within the field, especially if you're starting out, that, that's a huge plus for them. And they'll recognize the value, you know. On the other hand, your employees are your ambassadors. The more they engage on LinkedIn, the more other people will also be engaged with your brand because they are part of your brand. Every client we have, regardless of what their ambitions is, we always say that it's really important to motivate your employees to get engaged. A lot of companies that really have it uh, in a really nice place, especially recruitment agencies. So they have a unified logos, they have unified headers for their employees who can also use different templates to share stories from their work, right? Yeah. So I think that it works uh, in an amazing way. And uh, do you think that, uh, however, that such um, personal branded is done in the benefit of a company where you work for. So is there a limit where you say maybe it's um, not that good because they basically hijack 
the personal profile of this person? I think that's that's really something the employee should indicate. If they don't want to, so let's take the banner as an example. I think it's great if everyone in the company has a banner, right? Because yeah, you all show that you're proud of what you're working for. That's also uh, in the advantage of the employee. If they don't want to do it, then uh, you shouldn't force anyone, of course. People should feel comfortable within the company how they uh, use LinkedIn. So we go back a few steps. You have people who like to stay in the background on LinkedIn and they should be able, they should also be able to uh, stay in the background if they want. So also to the manager, so they, it's a great idea to create a unified message. It's a really powerful, especially yeah. for small brands, because it really helps to for people to see that, uh, to engage with your brand, especially if it's you. And as you said, everybody's investors, but they shouldn't force their employees to no. do it. I can give you an example. You know, we, we went to companies and we gave a training about LinkedIn, the platform, and this was definitely popular during COVID because, yeah, people knew that they had to do something to reach uh, clients during the pandemic. You know, first you have a training about how LinkedIn works and then you can create a game, for example, that the person who gets the most likes or engages the most wins something. So those are nice, fun ways to motivate your employees to become, you know, an active ambassador really of your cool. company on the platform. But what you would also see is, you know, the different levels of engagement. So you really had like top enthusiasts who would share everything, post everything, be also active in the marketing group. You had others that would just share or like a post and you would have others that would do nothing with it. And that's fine, right? You don't have to have everyone engaged. Those who are interested can become your ambassadors and those who don't, they can stay on the background. But, you know, altogether, your company is still having a very effective uh, LinkedIn strategy. Exactly. Yes, that sounds uh, perfectly uh, right. And it's a really interesting uh, way to gamify it yeah. with the employees. So this is a, a great uh, idea. And that way you also discover who has uh, the touch for it, right? And then you can also learn from what they do. And also they can teach others how to uh, create engagement with that if they are really good at it. So this is uh, really uh, great. So that was personal branding, right? So it's thought leadership, is sharing ideas, sharing your thoughts, is sharing your knowledge of the industry. And the more you do it, the more people, of course, know who you are. And it's great for business. It's great for your personal achievements and so on. And then if we go a step further now to the next stage of our networking discussion and marketing, and this is specifically and especially for the smaller businesses, but even consultancies, the marketing. So what is the difference between marketing and branding? I think there's a big overlap definitely between the terms. So it's not that, you know, it's, it's definable. Definitely marketing is making sure your product reaches the market, that you convince your clients to purchase your product or to promote it. Branding then again is more towards promotion. It's all related to each other. So for example, um, yeah, we help people with branding campaigns where you want people to know what you offer and what you can do for them. And then you have more, more towards lead generation sales campaigns, which is more converting people into becoming your client. So this is uh, again more to, it's not for people who are employees, it's more for people who have their own consultancies, their yep. small service provider to pharma, even if it's uh, some technical things and they want uh, to create uh, some engagement. So how can those uh, companies really achieve that? Because we, as we said, people on LinkedIn, they're not interested in ads. We have enough ads, right? In yep. uh, Either way. So how... Can you do good marketing without so, being imposing? So why, why wouldn't people be interested in ads? What, what type of ads do you mean? So if you don't share stories, you just uh, post, okay, I have this product, yeah. uh, buy it, right? And yeah. if you just post it... So by ad, you mean really the offering? So this is the product, this, this is, is the, the product, you, this uh, is uh, the price. So people may engage with it, but it's not on the same level as... The they would engage with thought leadership posts or exactly. right so this is a completely different level so we have for example you know huge influencers right so yeah. they make a lot of money from selling products but they never mention their product when they do it right exactly. so it's really subtle but no not everybody can do it because you really need the uh, probably hundreds of thousands millions of followers to really you know achieve this success where you just post videos uh, 
about kittens, everybody likes them, but then somehow they, uh, from those million, 5% check your website and they buy something, right? But yeah, you uh, not everybody has this uh, luxury, no, right? So how do you still do the marketing in a fine way without irritating your network? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, we go back then to providing value. I think, you know, for small businesses and, and independent consultants, maybe you definitely have your personal profile. That's where you do your personal branding. That's where you do your networking. On the other hand, I think it's also important to have your a company page in place because what you mentioned you can do a bit more of personal branding on your personal profile and a little bit more of selling on your linkedin company page then again you know you shouldn't just post your products or services say hey uh, this is what i offer every week every day because yeah in the end people don't care first you really have to provide value this can also be just explaining how this product or service will help them then you're selling the product, not directly as in you have to uh, buy it now, but you're, you're explaining why it works. And you really try to explain how it solves a certain problem of that person. And I would definitely start creating a lot of content on your company page about that. So you use your personal profile page to create trust, to build your network. From there, you try to invite people to like your company page. And on your company page, you post content about the value that your company gives to the field. So how does your product offering solve a certain problem? Where are you active? What are trends in the field? You know, And then once in a while, also a webinar, for example. And then once people come to your webinar or they subscribe to your email list, I think that would be a better better moment to sell some something at that point. Yeah. So there are so many tools right now. So... For the beginners, where can they start? So we have so many uh, tools that are used also for building uh, brands, building trust, yeah. uh, giving value. So we have LinkedIn as a whole. We have YouTube. We have personal blogs. Yeah. So what is the easiest way to start and how do you gradually build it? The, the easiest is LinkedIn. And the reason for that is that more than 80% of business to business leads, which is typically pharma, is on LinkedIn. So YouTube can be useful, yes. Google advertising can be useful, but it's not as effective as LinkedIn. So if you're starting and your time is scarce and your budget is scarce, you have to start on LinkedIn. And then on LinkedIn, you have two strategies. The first one is content creation and really building your community. So really posting interesting content on your company page for your existing followers and building followers. So you organically grow your community of whom you know, some people might be interested at some point in uh, reaching out to you for your product. And on the other hand, if you have the budget for it available, and ideally you do it together with building your community, you do advertising. So to summarize, where should you start? You go to LinkedIn and you start by posting on your page and building a community and by advertising. So it's the easiest, right? So you just need to think about how you give value. Again, it shouldn't be, okay, buy my product. It probably should be, let's say you're a consultant, right? So you yeah. should tell a story about how you change the life of a customer's. Yeah. In a, not just in a way that you boast about it, but how you did it, right? So what did you learn from it and what others can learn from it? And then if you also written a big blog post about it, you can tell them, okay, so this is the summary. If you want to learn more about it, go to my website and they read the whole story. It's still value. And then they're, if they're interested in uh, and they have a similar issue, they want more help, then they just contact you. Yeah, definitely. That would be an example. But I also think that, you know, it shouldn't be overcomplicated. Because if you do an interview would be perfect, but you can only do maybe one interview per month, right? Because it's very time intensive. So maybe you can use that interview to ask your clients some tips about what worked for them to improve their day-to-day uh, -day work. And you can divide those tips into uh, different posts per week. So, you know, it's, it's really about being efficient with the content that you have available. But right. in the end, I would really advise it should be quality. Quality is important, but quantity is also important. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be good as long as you stay consistent and post on a regular basis. So again, two to four times per week. Also, from my experience, there is 
so much what you can post about. So you need to think about the content. And at first it seems overwhelming. Okay, what should I post? But yeah. there is content everywhere in everything you, that you do, especially if you're going to clients every day. There is always something that you did at the day and um, you found some issues, you fix something, so you always can write about that. And as you mentioned, you can also do an interview with a client, also write it down, and then instead of uh, making a huge blog post, you can divide it to several weekly tips that you can share on a daily basis over a couple of uh, of days. Yeah. Any other advice uh, for such uh, marketing for small businesses? Yeah, so we, we discussed uh, social media content now, so content on LinkedIn to build your community. On the other hand, I would always also advise advertising. People tend to start, of course, with social media uh, content, which makes sense because that's free. But, you know, definitely if you're starting out and you need those first clients because you also need to have clients on a regular basis, posting content can be more of a mid to long term game. So if you want to have immediate effect, then advertising can help you. And we always advise to start with a small budget. So let's say 100, 200 euros, you have your first ads and always test different variables. So if you're not certain which type of client is interested in your service, then you need to test that variable. So you test different groups. If you're not sure in which country, if you're on the European level active, uh, which country is more yeah, receptive to your products or services, then you should start validating that. This is important because you know you collect data that helps you to learn more about your target audience and really improve your services offering more and your product offering more. Right. So how can a small company or really one consultant, for example, do well with ads? So there are so many channels for it. So we have, you can post uh, ads on LinkedIn, on you can do Google ads, you can do yep. Facebook ads. So what is the best uh, and efficient way to start with? Uh, business to business is definitely LinkedIn and Google that are your go-to platforms. If you're targeting consumers or employees, for example, then Instagram and Facebook can also be effective. But in most cases in pharma, biotech, medtech, you see that people go to Google and to LinkedIn. And yeah, you know, the question that you asked, should you start on Google or should you start on LinkedIn? That's a great test to start out with. This is the variable that you can start out with. Exactly. And see how it goes. So I see benefits for both. So with Google, you have a huge reach and it's um, it's cheaper to start with Google. Yeah. If yeah. LinkedIn is more expensive, but it has an additional chain reaction because you don't have only to post some ads, you can actually promote a post. So for example, you posted a really good post, everybody liked it, you can also promote it and you can choose who sees it. So for example, you can target some potential clients who just, so you don't sell a product, you just help your potential client see your personal branding and then they yeah. know who you are, they maybe even yeah. follow you, right? Yeah. So this is, I think, also additional tactics here. Definitely, definitely. What we always advise as a first, so if you go to LinkedIn and you have your first ad, then definitely share a marketing asset. So with an asset, we mean either it's an article or it's a white paper or it's a video. Basically, you are offering free content, you are offering value, and in turn, you are requesting their credentials or their email address so that you can contact them at a later point. And this is fair, right? Because you are giving free content and then in turn, you'd like to receive their uh, email address. So that's always what we advise to start with. Of course, those uh, small companies or consultancies, they really should have already viable sales funnel or marketing funnel because at the end what you're saying they should build the mailing list with this information and uh, that's how they also collect leads so this is uh, again great lead generator just to create um, very uh, good content it shouldn't be something uh, too simple because at the end uh, you know it's the quality that matters right yeah. if they don't see the value of it they will unsubscribe and they will be mad at you so you know exactly. uh, so make it good make it um, yeah in high level right yeah definitely and if i had to choose as a starting consultant or small company i would start on linkedin because it's easier to set up ads there compared to google it is a bit more expensive but on the other hand you can really reach exactly the person that you want to reach so if you want to reach 
executives of all uh, pharma startups, then you can reach them through that. And the data is also amazing. You can, for example, if you place a video, you can see from which company people were more interested in your video. So you really collect that data again to maybe uh, follow up with a personal message. Right. So that is a really great suggestion because I think many people think that ads is for the huge companies like Pfizer. They don't understand that with a small budget of, I don't know, 20 euros or 50 euros, you can reach uh, the right amount of people. And with LinkedIn, you can... uh, actually choose, uh, I think, even uh, the person itself who should see it, I think, uh, on, uh, on such level. So I think this is uh, something that everybody should consider, uh, yeah. especially if they're like consultancies. No, actually, this is more for small companies than for large companies, because, you know, it's not difficult to set up an ad on LinkedIn. You can do it yourself, you know, or you ask help, you ac- uh, uh, ask an external consultant, that doesn't really matter. But, you know, if you look, look up a video, you know how it works. If you need a nice ad, there are a lot of tools that you can use. For example, are you familiar with Canva? Yes, of course. So yeah, mm-hmm. Canva is, is the yeah the go-to tool to just simply create ads. There are already uh, uh, templates available, so everyone can work with that, right? Right. And then, yeah, placing that, is, it's really easy. Whereas in a large pharmaceutical company, there are so many people that, you know, they have to approve it and it has to be according to certain guidelines and it has to be in accordance with their branding strategy. There's far less flexibility. Yes, there's less budget, more budget available, but that's in advertising. It's not about the budget. It's really about how effective your targeting strategy is. Have the goal in mind and you can achieve a lot with a small budget uh, yeah. with the, the right ad. Exactly. And being patient. That's important. So placing an ad will not, well, it can, but it will not, you know, deliver clients tomorrow. It's really a learning process. Typically, we advise three months. Take three months to learn from it because that's a realistic time. Perfect. So if somebody has a question and wants to ask you, what's the best way to reach you? You know what? If people want to reach me, I would say uh, contact me on LinkedIn as an exercise. You know, we can become connections and they can uh, ask the question and I'll follow up with them. Perfect, Rizgal. So thank you very much for this uh, amazing conversation. Yes, thank you. It was very fun. Thanks for listening to the Quality Talks podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about GMP, please visit us at www.qualistory.com. Stay compliant and see you at the next one.